Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. We welcome Timmy. I want us all to just stretch our hands because we're going to pray for him. You know, they don't, whenever we're asked to, to teach or preach in church, we don't take it lightly. We go into God's presence and we seek his face. And so I just want us to stretch our hands towards Timmy as we pray for him. And, and, and Lord, we just thank you so much for your son. Thank you for his heart for you and thank you for his love for you. Father, I thank you that all he wants to do is to be in your presence and in your will. And so, Lord, as he has sought your face to get a word, Father, for us, I pray right now that you will just bless him and take away every angst, every fear, and let him know, Father God, that he is hiding within you, Father God. And when we look at him today and when we hear him, Father, may we be hearing Jesus speaking to us, oh God, through his son. I pray right now that you will bless him, Father, make his ears be as sharp, oh God, that even as he speaks, that he will be hearing from you and speaking what you want him to speak. And Lord, I pray above all that you increase his joy, even as he has said a yes to you, Father God. Bless him as he ministers to us. And Father, for us as, as your congregation, as your children, we pray that our hearts will be open and ready to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Good afternoon. Cash to fire. Yeah, yeah, it's good afternoon. Good afternoon, Cash to fire, London. Thank God for another wonderful day. Uh, today, by the grace of God, I love that song. Uh, he has broken down every, uh, every stronghold. Jesus has secured victory. He's our living hope. We need to meditate on these things, as Rita shared a while ago, so that it becomes a living reality, not just black and white on the Bible. All right. I'm going to start us. I want today I'll be sharing with us on I believe in winning souls. Uh, I want to share a s short testimony um, before we get started. A few years back, my wife and I, uh, the Lord impressed on my heart that I should take the gospel to the streets of London. So I said, Lord, where should I go? Go on the streets. So we started the journey by going on High Street, Woodgreen. I realized that we're not getting results. So I said, Lord, what's happening? Go to the pack. So we went to the pack. The pack is opposite Turnpike Tube Station on the ground at Piccadilly 9. Come out, it's called Commons Pack. So we went a couple of Saturdays. There were no songs won. I said, Lord, what's happening? Then the Lord said to me, go anoint the grants. So, ooh, anoint the grants. So, of course, we went like Nicodemus. You remember the story of Nicodemus? John chapter 3, he went in the night. we went in the night as well. Because if we do it in the day, they'll think this guy's crazy, isn't he? A lot of things happen in the night. So we went between 10 and 11. So we had the oil, virgin oil with us. And then we went. We anointed our feet as well. So we walk on the grounds. So we say prayer and declaring over it. Lord, thank you. This land has been anointed by the Holy Ghost. And therefore, uh, righteousness will reign. Truth will reign. And salvation shall come in Jesus' name. The following Saturday, we went as usual. And people were getting saved like that. So I said, Lord, thank you for that. That is a gentle welcome to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't win any soul. So today, by God's grace, uh, okay, my slide is there. We'll be talking about a couple of things. How are we going to win a lost? Uh, first thing we want to ask ourselves is, who is the lost? When we say, who is the lost? Right, uh, Bible tells us who the lost are. I like to take my examples from the Bible. When we say somebody is lost, it means that that person is yet to believe in, as Jesus as his Lord and Savior. They're just floating around. They just say, well, don't question my faith. My faith is private. They are lost. Let's find out from the Bible who is the lost. John chapter 3, please. Nicodemus. I'm sure we all know the story. John chapter 3, verse 6. If we can come there. All right. Okay, I'm not going to read it. Right. But Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night and said, ah. Nicodemus was one of the religious leaders. So he knew his left from his right. Isn't it? Well, we, we, we think so. But he came to ask Jesus. We know you're a man from God. For all these things you teach and do, you're definitely from a man of God. But how can this thing be? And Jesus answered, unless a man be born again. What? Do you mean he's going to go back to his mother's womb? And Jesus now broke it down to him. So we knew that, yes, this man is a religious leader, but he's not what? A born again child of God. That's a big difference. Right. 
that's example number one. Example number two, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, we find another example. This man is called Zacchaeus. Who remember the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a man who was a task work collector. So we describe Zacchaeus as what? An employee officer of HMRC, isn't it? <laughs> Some of us, we don't like when they send a brand envelope, isn't it? <laughs> but we like it when we see a check there, isn't it? Right, so that's how we describe Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus, this time around, we can show the screen and uh, the scripture, that'll be fine. But Zacchaeus, this time around, he was seeking for Jesus. Zacchaeus realized that, look, I need help. I need Jesus. But I've been hearing about this Jesus, X, Y, and Z. I really want to know him. So he heard that Jesus passing by. Oh, okay, opportunity to see him. So he went, Bible tells that he's physically challenged, he's on the tall guy, so he had to climb on a sycamore tree. And Jesus passed by, and Jesus came out of the tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm going to your house today to have lunch. What? Now, we can see two things here. Zacchaeus was actively, what, seeking for Jesus. God knows. Jesus, son of God, pass by. When he gets to the second one, stop and invite him. And, 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 and make an invitation that he's, you're coming to his house. So that tells us that when people seek for Jesus, God knows how to reach out to them. And it's you and I he's going to use. Why? We're ambassadors of Christ, aren't we? And he has the right to de deploy us to where he likes, isn't it? Sometimes he deploys to territories we're not familiar with. And say, oh, no, that's not God. He's God. We're just, we just don't like it. Right. So we have so many people in our modern day now that they are, we can describe them, they are lost. In other words, they are yet to believe as Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Okay. How do we preach the gospel? I'm trying to get this thing out. <laughs> How do we communicate the gospel to people? There are different methods we can use to communicate the gospel. Right. But it's best we look at the example of Jesus. Let's turn to John chapter 4. Now. Thank you. In John chapter 3, before chapter 4, we had a story of uh, Nicodemus coming to Jesus, isn't it? But in John chapter 4, it changes. Nicodemus wanted to know, isn't it? But in John chapter 4, a new scenario is presented. This time, the Bible didn't give us a name. The Bible says a Samaritan woman. Now, if you know Bible history, Samaria is that part of Israel where uh, they believe they're not... Um, true breed Jews, something like that. Mm, yeah, because they've intermarried, blah, 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 blah. Right. So the story started in John chapter 4. Are we there? Okay, I'll read it from my head. All right. Uh, I'll just paraphrase. This woman came to fetch water at a well called uh, Jacob's Well. Uh, Jacob, that's uh, great, great grandson uh, of, uh, grandson of um, Abraham, great grandson, right, but the son of uh, Isaac, right. So what happened? A dialogue, a dialogue ensued. And the woman said to Jesus that, look, Jesus said to her, look, give me water for I'm thirsty. And, Jesus, and the woman, look, how are you going to draw water here? You don't have a bucket to, and the water is deep. And we know this well, our father Isaac drank for it. Even his cattle drank for it. How are you going to get water here? Then Jesus changed the scenario. He said, if you know who is speaking to you, I will offer you living water and you will test no more. So the woman had, so if this man should offer me water and not test no more, then I better grab his own water than this one, isn't it? That's a good offer, isn't it? You came to fetch water, and someone is offering you water, you know, to, oh, I'd rather have yours. But then you look, where's the water? So what happened there? This is what I call point of interest or common interest. I'll break it down. Now, common interest is when you and I share something that we like or have passion for, it's very easy to spark a conversation like that. My good friend here, husband of Rita, He's an Arsenal fan. So if you wake up at 6 a.m., talk about Arsenal, the man will listen. I'm sure you're one of those uh, Chelsea or whatever. I'm a Chelsea fan, right? Okay? So if you tell me about Chelsea, I will listen. Why? I have passion and interest in that. That's a very common thing that runs in the lives of people today that we can use. Because Jesus used the same thing here in John chapter 4. What's the common interest? The woman wanted what? Physical water, isn't it? Jesus also wanted to drink physical water. But he turned the table around and said, look, I'll offer you what? Living water. So what's the common interest? Water. Whether it's living or physical. The woman started talking. Now, another method that we can use to um, engage people is what I call power evangelism or prophetic evangelism. Right? And another method, I'll, I'll come to that. Another method we can also use called the power of testimony. 
In John chapter 4, we see these three examples. Now, if we go down in John chapter 4, Jesus engaged this woman and now switched the, um, the tone and said, look, go bring your husband. And the woman said, oh, no, I don't have a husband. Just say, yeah, you're speaking the truth. The woman, the man you're living with is not your husband. You've had five husbands. And the woman said, uh-oh, I perceive this man is a prophet. What happened there? Now, that's one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost called the word of, wisdom, word of knowledge. Jesus releases the word of knowledge to, re to, to, to share with her that, look, I know you inside out. And the woman was, attention was, was grabbed. Say, wow, this woman knows what I don't know. How come? He doesn't know me, but he knows about my life. I can tell brothers and sisters, when the power of God is released through us, it grabs the world's attention. They will suddenly want to hear the Jesus you're talking about. Let me give an, uh, an example of my life. A few years ago, I was working in Switzerland for an investment bank. So uh, by default, Swiss people, they don't speak English. They understand English, but do not speak English. So they expected to speak Swiss German. And my Swiss German was poor. The Lord actually sent me there. That's another story. So I went um, uh, Zurich Lake. I went there with a friend who speaks Swiss German very well. So I met this young man. It's of, I would call, North African descent. And I'm a record Tunisia. So I was speaking to him, hello, my name is Timmy. I'm on the street, I'm blessing people. So the guy was flowing, I was flowing. Then I gently swift the conversation to uh, Jesus. The guy said, no English, no English. <laughs> so I knew that uh, I need to send a telegram to the Holy Ghost. Lord, what must I do? And the Lord said to me, tell him that he's looking for a job in a restaurant. So I now told my friend who speaks with German, tell him that he's looking for a job in a restaurant. The guy said, how do you know? I said, yes, Jesus told me. <laughs> At that point, the guy gave me attention. So I started preaching, and my friend was interpreting his Swiss German to the guy. Now, there were three of his friends who were there as well. Their attention was grabbed. Why? Because they suddenly realized, this guy knows something I don't know. That's what we call power evangelism. And God expects you and I to use that as well. That only comes through what? The power of the Holy Ghost. That means our heavy reliance, reliance should be and must be on the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he knows hearts. Now, the third method that also happened in that um, chapter, chapter 4, is the Bible says the woman went home and said, come and see a man that uh, told me all I ever did. And the Bible says many in Samaria believed in him because of what? Of our testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have testimonies. We do. How the Lord delivers us from all manner of troubles and all manner of issues. The power in those testimonies are only realized when we share them. Because people realize only your God can do this. All my intelligence cannot put this together. Only God. And therefore, they want to know that Jesus you're talking about. So these three methods were, were, were described in this chapter, John chapter 4. Now, the first one which I call common interest. How do I know your common interest, my, my sister, for example? I don't know. But I know somebody who knows who? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows your common interest. I don't. So what do I do? Lord, what must I say? Just as the example I shared a while ago. The guy was giving me an opposition. Oh, no. No English, no English. But he's just spoken English to me. But because I slide into Jesus. So I said, Lord, what must I say? And say, look, X, Y, Z. The guy gave the attention. I shared the gospel and I shared the literature with him. So when we go out to share, we can employ um, uh, common interest. However, as I said before, we need to ask the Holy Ghost, Lord, what must I say? Now, the second matter I described a while ago, uh, power of testimony, right? That is equally a very powerful method whereby the testimony in our own personal lives are used to share the gospel with people. Now, things that you, the Bible tells us in the book of um, Psalm, Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, you and I have experienced Jesus in one shape or form, how he delivered of all manner of issues. Those testimonies will draw many to Christ when we share them at the right time. Right. Power evangelism is something that we should all be yearning for to do. Why? Because power is explosive and power speaks louder. You see, nobody will argue with us if somebody... If somebody comes there and um, they are, let's say, paralyzed X, Y, Z, and we pray and the person got healed, the next day you hear it on Pina local newspaper. Somebody raised from the dead in Pina church, isn't it? They will start coming, isn't it? Power is that explosive. 
and you and I will, can walk in it. As long as we key to who? The Holy Ghost. Right, let me go back to my notes again. All right. Um, let's look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. There's a man called, um, what's his name? Philip. Acts chapter 8, please. So I want to look into my Bible here. One second. Acts chapter 8. Philip. Philip the evangelist. Right. How the Holy Ghost spoke to him and what he did. One second. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 30, 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says what? Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, towards the south, along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now, let's pause there. The Bible says, angel of the Lord spoke to who? This guy, uh, Philip. There are times the angel of the Lord has been speaking to us to take action, but sometimes we ignore it. Now, in this instance, this is not a comfortable location. Go to desert. Right. Let's assume my sister lives in there. Let's say you live in Belgravia, uh, Victoria, or somewhere around there. And the Lord now says, go to the mountain in Cardiff. What? Lord, it's too far. That's a similar instruction this guy received. Go to desert. So he went along. What happened? So, this is, so he arose and went, verse 27, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Then what? The Holy Ghost spoke to Philip, go near and overcome the chariot. And Philip obeyed. That's the same thing you and I. Go near to this young lady or this young man and share my gospel. Lord, I don't even know what to say. Just go. He will create what to say for you. He will. Now, let me give an example here before I finish that scripture. Again, I used to work in a bank in Switzerland, Zurich. So one day at office, uh, a colleague of mine walked, and the Lord was ministering to me say. Pray healing for this guy. I was thinking, ah, Lord, if I pray in the bank, it will chuck me out. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost will not have of that. Go pray for this guy. So I saw, So what I did, everyone has left apart from the guy and myself. So I now call him this nation guy. I say, Ninanja is his name. I said, Ninanja, uh, I want to pray with you. Uh, you know why? Why do you want to pray for me? I said, well, Jesus heals people. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, yes, I know Jesus. Jesus heals people. Yeah, he's a good guy. I said, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He, I said, he's going to heal you now. He said, yeah. So I summoned on courage. I prayed with him in the bank, right? Nothing happened physically, nothing. So I said, expect healing. He said, okay, okay. Two days after while he came back to me, he said to me, I said, what happened? Oh, that place is healed, he's healed. Now, he had something like skin issues. When he sits down, you can see flakes of skin on his chair. So I said, so to me, oh, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling better. Oh, that's good. Jesus healed you. Oh, that's good, that's good. Amen. I was excited, but I knew that's the beginning, right? So the next thing that we need is heart, isn't it? That's it. So one day, uh, it was a Thursday, uh, Friday, I was coming back to England to spend time with my family, Easter. So the Holy Spirit now said to me, go and preach the gospel to him. This one, I struggled. I said, Lord, if I preach, they will kick me out. The Lord will not have me even resist. Go and preach. So I said, okay, Lord, how do I do so I looked around and I realized that we have rooms where you can see people, but you don't hear what they say. So I now invited him, Elijah, can I have a word with you? So I invited him to the room. Ladies and gentlemen, I went there. I shared the gospel. I was shocked when the guy said yes to Jesus. I was like, oh, so God, if I have not preached, this guy will not get saved. <laughs> I was shocked. It's like Romans 10, 9 disappeared from my head. So I said, Ninja, welcome to the family of God. I'm going to England the following day and I'll get you an English Bible because they're not so common in Switzerland. And to me, that was like a breakthrough that look i heeded to god and he did that bible tells us that angels in heaven the world they rejoice over one soul over one soul so that tells us god puts a lot of premium on salvation of souls he does and expect you and i to partner with the holy spirit to get the job done right so back to that scripture in uh, acts chapter eight so the holy spirit spoke to philip go 
uh, I meet with this guy, um, Ethiopia. You know. Now, Ethiopia, you know, the Bible tells us he was reading the book of Isaiah. But he had a challenge. The challenge was he did not quite understand what he was reading. But here is, is who? Philip, prepared by God, isn't it? Equipped. He had understanding of the book of Isaiah. Just like you and I, we have understanding of scriptures, isn't it? And the God will call you. Young man, you see that MP on the tube station? Go share the gospel with him. What? Go. Why? Because as we wrestle know his name, Philip, he went. And the guy said, yes, I'm reading this stuff, but I don't understand. Then he shared the gospel with him. Right. And then he led the man to the Lord. And what happened afterwards is what I call uh, expect strange reaction. Let me give an example with my wife and I. My wife and I, uh, we, we used to go to uh, Commons Park opposite to Tom Pike Cliff Station to preach the gospel. So one day my wife and I went um, and, uh, you know, Jesus sent them two by two in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 10. So we went two by two. So we, we met this young lady. So my wife and I were possible. We're sharing the gospel. The other All of a sudden the guy said, wow, I like this your gospel. It's very sweet. Boom, before I know, she just hugged me. Ah, I was afraid. I was thinking, I introduced my wife to you. Yet, I was like, wow, this is, I don't know how to put this. She likes the gospel, but she hugged me. But I was expecting she would receive Jesus to her heart. <laughs> so that's what I call a strange reaction. Sometimes these things happen. That uh, sometimes could be a negative reaction, but just prepared. Uh, out of her heart, she just mm, jump on me. So <laughs> my wife was next. <laughs> she was wondering what's going on. <laughs> she was wondering what's going on. So. Um, the Holy Spirit is ready and willing to share clues with us on how to get people saved. He knows the heart of people. We don't. They might have been going through all manner of issues. And it's just you that he wants to use to get the gospel of love to them. The gospel of truth to them. Truth saves. Truth comforts. The gospel of deliverance to them. It is you and I he wants to use, not somebody else. Now... The key thing, as I said a while ago, is that we need heavy reliance on the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells us this. It says, we shall receive what? Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And we shall be what? Witnesses, effective witnesses in, it says, uh, uh, Judea, Samaria, and the uppermost part of, uh, of, uh, of, of the world. Now, we are the uttermost part of, we're not in Samaria, we're not in Judea, we're not in Israel. We are in the uttermost part of the world. We're United Kingdom here. And Jesus is ready to deploy us to where? Every city and nook and cranny in the United Kingdom, he will deploy us as long as we don't resist. And we should. Now, there are different places where the Holy Ghost will lead us. Uh, in the book of Mark chapter 15, 16, sorry, 16 verse 20, it says, Jesus said to them, go preach the gospel everywhere. Now, what's everywhere? If I ask you, what's everywhere? Everywhere. It means every inch of earth, every inch of soil on planet earth is everywhere, isn't it? But, the caution here is we need the Holy Ghost to lead us to specific locations. Because I cannot go to Afghanistan today. Oh, let's pray. Let's take the gospel to Afghanistan. If the Holy Ghost has not led to Afghanistan, stay here in Pina. Oh, yeah. Because here he has prepared harvest for you. He might later on take you to Afghanistan, but here he has prepared some harvest for you. Right. So location is very important. And the way we know is the Holy Ghost that will lead us. Now look at the example we've just read in Acts chapter 8. Philip, he was minding his business. And the angel said, now take up, go towards the desert. Deserts are not comfortable places to go. My wife and I, we've been, um, been privileged to go to um, Israel. I can tell you, some places in Israel, you pray what, um, what's his name? David pray. Make haste to help me, O God. Very, very hot. And there's no water. It's not comfortable places. So to be led to a desert, I say, Lord, I am obeying you because <laughs> there's treasure <laughs> to come to your kingdom. Right. So the locations are very important. But there are different places the Holy Ghost will lead us into. Now, the comfortable places are people, places where people are. Now, where are the people, places people are? Shopping mall. I'll come back to that. Parks. Stadiums, offices, hospitals. These places, we have people there day in, day out, isn't it? Hospital people will be there. Parks people will be there. Shopping mall people there. Now, let's give a couple of examples uh, in these places. Now, in the park, my wife and I will be in the park. Now, shopping malls, hmm, they are good places as well. 
but potentially they could be very destructive especially if you've not made up your mind if you get carried away by the rasmatas of all the beautiful things there you may not achieve your mission <laughs> so i say with caution it's a good place to go why you're not shopping but you describe yourself what as a window shopper there's no law against that. Now, I've done, uh, my wife and I, we've done many of those in uh, Woodgreen. You know, Woodgreen has a big shopping mall there. Right. Now, it's a private property, right? And therefore, you cannot preach the gospel in a private property, right? But there are ways around that. Just trust the Holy Ghost. So, Timmy, just go there. Yes, Lord. There's no law that says you cannot do window shopping. Another thing I discovered is that in the shopping malls, people are very relaxed. They want to spend money. They're very relaxed. As opposed to on the high street, people are always in a hurry. On the high street, they're, no, 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 they're always in a hurry. However, to arrest them, if the Holy Ghost doesn't arrest them for you, if there's a spot of entertainment, you, have you observed? People will stay and watch, isn't it? They love entertainment. But if the Holy Ghost arrests them on the high street, that's good. They will stay and they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Ask the Holy Ghost to lead you to where you And trust him, when he leads you to the high street, he has prepared somebody for you. He has. Because the Holy Ghost knows the hearts of people. You and I don't. Right. So I remember my wife and I, we went to a shopping mall one day. We went, not to shop, but to preach the gospel. But at some point, my wife was looking so much that I said, darling, we're here to preach the gospel. <laughs> Eventually, we preached. But it's one of those scenarios where you have to caution yourself that, look, we're here to preach the gospel, right? <laughs> the other place, office, uh, I think I shared that a while ago, right? Uh, okay, the other place is uh, our transport uh, mechanism. Buses, airplanes, trains, right? A couple of years ago, I was taking a bus to Kilburn in northwest London. So I sat next to a lady. Um, so the Holy Ghost said to me, share the gospel. So I was saying, ah, Lord, what's my common uh, interest here? What's my point of interest? And the Holy Ghost said, traffic. So I thought, traffic? <laughs> now, it so happened that there was traffic. The bus was slowing down. So, so now I said to the hi, hello, my name is Timmy. What's going on about this traffic? And then the, Lord, the lady just opened up. Well, I've been wondering myself. Ah. You see, when the Holy Ghost gives you clue, he expects you to just take the step. Once you take the first step, he opens up. So the lady just opened up. Then the next thing the Holy Ghost said to me, her shopping. But I didn't have any shopping on me, but I just obeyed. I said, wow, you have a lot of shopping. How are you going to manage? Well, I've been thinking about this. Oh, maybe I could help you. She just opened her world to me. She introduced herself to me and introduced her. Boom, I started preaching the gospel. Just like that in the bus. But you know, one of the good things about transport mechanisms is that they cannot leave that seat until they get their decision. <laughs> Imagine you're in a flight. This also happened to me when I was flying. I was flying from um, Zurich to London. And the Lucas shared the gospel. So it was a lady to my right. So I started sharing the gospel. And the lady was listening, was listening. And apparently she now told me she was a Christian. But you know what? People don't change seats on plane easily, isn't it? They don't. So they're what? They're trapped onto your land. That's why we have to walk, call on the Holy Ghost, what? To lead us and tell us what to say. Because once you get that key from the Holy Ghost, I can tell you, they will listen all through. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will arrest their heart. I say, carry on, my son, my daughter. Just preach the gospel to this person. So transport mechanism, it's very good. Uh, now, I had a strange example in, um, in a train. This happened a couple of years ago. I was coming from Liverpool to London, Houston. So I uh, was a lady. Um, you've been wondering why ladies are ladies. I don't usually speak to ladies, but sometimes I'll give an example. <laughs> Sometimes the Holy Ghost leads me that way. Let me give you an example here. Um, my wife and I, uh, no, it was just me that day. Um, I was in our neighborhood. I was walking around, and I was going my way back home. And the Holy Ghost said to me, take the left. I didn't want to take the left because I said, Lord, no, I want to go ahead. Take the left. As soon as I took the left, I saw a lady ahead of me. And the Holy Ghost said, go and preach the gospel. I said, ah. I said, but Lord, you know, um, I used the word uh, wisdom. You know, it's good. After Lord, you send us two. But I'm here by myself. But the Lord will not listen. Go preach the gospel to her. Then I realized the Holy Ghost must have done something to that lady. So I approached the lady. She's talking in nature. And I said, hello, hi, my name is Simi. I'm on the street. I'm blessing people. Do you have a need? She just opened her word to me. I said, oh, my God. God has prepared this one. <laughs> 
she just opened her world to me. Ooh, ah, my son, this is, ah. So she gave me her number. I gave her uh, my contact number. I also shared scriptures with her. And then she said to me that she's looking for work, X, Y, Z. I said, okay, we'll reach out to you. So a couple of days after, my wife and I went this time around. So I introduced her. I said, this is my wife. Hello. She, she needed some help. So we gave her some Tesco vouchers. Yeah, yeah. The, the church gave us the voucher. Then there was a time we were doing evangelism as well. So we gave her the voucher, X, Y, Z. And then we help her source for a job as well. Right. Now, what I, let me balance it here. There is wisdom and there is Holy Ghost protocol. Sometimes God will invade our protocol because he wants to. Um, sometimes a uh, young lady, for example, you may say, go and speak to your boss. That doesn't sound comfortable, isn't it? Yes. But once the Holy Ghost says it, forget about your norms. Just go and do it. Right. Sometimes he just breaks all those nuances and those norms that we are used to. So go and do this. Why? He wants, he has prepared salvation for that guy. And he's used and has chosen as ambassador to deploy the message. So don't feel God. He's counting on you. Don't feel God. So question, how about you presented the gospel and they say no? Thank them for their time. Yeah. In uh, Switzerland, because it's a land of chocolates, what we usually do is, oh yeah. Chocolate. Am I lying? Yeah, yeah. Ch yeah, very true. It's a land of chocolates. So one of the things we do, uh, this is our natural result. We take boxes of chocolates with us, right? And so after we've shared the gospel now, because I, my Swiss German is very poor, I, usually, I say, God, you know, I don't speak Swiss German very well. So bring English people. And God does. He will, those ones that come, they speak English very well. So I have no excuse. <laughs> so after we've spoken, we shared, and they say, no, I'll give them a box of chocolates, uh, some chocolates. And they'll say, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And I'll say, Lord, and I'll ask for their names. Why? I'll take their names to my word, my prayer closet. I say, Lord, this must be saved in Jesus' name. This must be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me go back to power evangelism. Daniel, can you open the slides for me, please? <laughs> let me go back to power evangelism. Now, there are people in our lives all that we know that we need these people saved. Don't we? We do. Let's go back to the book uh, of Acts. You know, in Bible times, there was a man called Saul before he became what? Paul. Now, if I was to describe him in our modern day time now, I would call him a terrorist. Because what he was doing then is not something you and I would like. I'll call him a terrorist. Okay? So, I'm sure, the Bible didn't say it, but I'm sure that some people were praying that this guy be saved. Now, sometimes, God radically saves people. He radically. So, one of the methods that God uses is what I call encountering Jesus. Encountering. So, that was what Jesus did. In Acts chapter 9, chapter 8, uh, Apostle um, uh, Saul, okay, it's chapter 8 or chapter 9. What happened? Saul was on his way to what? To Damascus, what? Chapter 9, thank you. Was on his way to Damascus and his business there is to obtain authority to what? Massacre Christians in one shape or form. But what did it happen? He encountered Jesus. He encountered Jesus. That encounter was a life-changing one. Transformed him to the Apostle Paul we now read of in the Bible, isn't it? Sometimes there are people in our influence we need to pray the Lord encountered them like Paul. They need to be radically saved. They need to. So it, it's our responsibility to identify those people and say, Lord, do the same treatment like Paul to this guy. You see, when Jesus encountered them, there is no longer any doubt in any shape or form because they've met Jesus himself. Those people, they're usually champions and radical. Like Apostle Paul. There are stories we read about Muslims, right? They're encountering Jesus while they're praying in the mosque. And they are changed forever. These are things we need to pray for as well. That Lord, change this person. Lord, encounter them. Encounter them so they can be saved. Because when that person is saved, it affects a whole lot of people. It affects a whole lot of people. Amen. Now let's go to Acts chapter, I want to go back to power evangelism. Yeah, I like power evangelism. Why? Because that's where you demonstrate, the Holy Ghost demonstrates a lot of uh, power gifts. Power gifts, oh, is it on screen? Okay, no, it's, a, a lot of the power gifts, the gift of prophecy, the gift of uh, uh, faith, the gift of uh, healings, and the gift of uh, working of miracles. The Holy Ghost demonstrates that when it comes to power evangelism. Acts chapter, I said eight, right? Okay, Acts chapter eight. 
Yeah, I don't know. No, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about Peter. It's chapter nine. Sorry, it's chapter nine. Two cases. Now, in Acts chapter nine, uh, we are presented with two scenarios. Uh, Acts chapter nine and Acts chapter ten. The Bible concentrated on the man called Apostle Peter. Right? He has two books. In Acts chapter nine, the first story we encountered was there was a story. Uh, there's a man called. There is the Bible says there was a man there. Is a brethren that he's been paralyzed for some time. So this happened in the city called Lida in Israel. So when the, the disciples learned that Paul and Peter was around, they reached out to him. He came. He prayed for the guy, and the guy was healed. Boom, like that. He rise up, healed. And that affected what? The people in Lydia. So what? The Bible says, uh, please read it, Acts chapter 9, uh, if you can. The Bible says that many there believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through that one miracle. Many. Fast forward again, in Acts chapter 9, another example the Bible presented. This one is a bit sad. The Bible says there's a woman called uh, Tabitha, but translated um, Dorcas. Dorcas, yeah. Translated Dorcas. So in modern English language, we call it Dorcas, but her name in Jewish form is Tabitha. Translated Dorcas. The Bible says she's a, uh, a, a merchant of purple stuff, isn't it? Right. But then she fell sick and died. So when the saints heard that Peter was in Lida, and Lida is not happy, the leader was based in Joppa. The leader is not far from Joppa. They sent message to Peter. Peter, please come without delay. And Peter went. So when Peter got there, they now show Peter, say, oh, Peter, these are the uh, fabric she does. She, did, she trades in purple. Jesus, and Peter did the same thing Jesus did. Push all the people outside. You know, the, the whalers. Ooh, ah, ooh. Those ones probably will not raise the dead, isn't it? I don't think so. So he pushed them all out. And he went to the lady. He knelt down just as Jesus did when he was raising uh, a daughter up. I say, Tabitha, arise in Jesus' name. The Bible says she rose up from the dead and came back. And present, presented it to the, girls, uh, to, to, um, to, the, uh, to the saints. A lot of things happen. One of the things that happens is that many in that city believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Through that one miracle. So that's power evangelism. Now, it's not limited to Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter. Is what is available to you and I. Why do I say this? Let's go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says what? And we shall what? Receive power of the Holy Ghost. To be what? Effective witness of what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of love. We shall what? Receive the power. So if you say to yourself, oh, Timmy, I preach the gospel. I don't see the power. Go back to God and say, God, this is your word. This is a living reality to me. In Jesus' name. Now, let me give an example of sometimes uh, I was not all this plain sailing when I started my journey as uh, preaching the gospel on the streets. Uh, this also happened in Switzerland. I was at a train station and I saw a man who was bent over. Now, if you look at Luke chapter 13, Jesus told us a story. There's a woman who was what, bent over for 18 years. Now, the bent over means like that. Mm? So, the Holy Spirit said, go pray. Ah, I saw the man. You know what I did? I did this because I was ashamed of the gospel. Well, I thought, ah, should I be doing this in the public? So the man looked at me. I looked the other way around. So when I left the place, I go and I went crazy. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I denied you. Oh, Lord, because I remember the Bible says that he who denies me before people. I, denied, ah, I said, God, please don't deny me. <laughs> so I wept and I cried that day. So the following day, the Holy Ghost renewed me. Even before the Holy Ghost said preach, I was in the train. There was a lady girl, a lady beside me. My train journey was three minutes. Within three minutes, I just like I preached a whole book to that girl. And the girl said to me, oh no, they've been preaching the gospel to me. But I've not said yes. I said, well, those who have been preaching to you, they love you so much. Don't waste the opportunity. Give your heart to Jesus today. He said, yeah, I'll think about it. Don't let me get too long. Now, I have now received a boldness. And that scripture became a reality to me. That look, I can speak to anyone. About the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, it says what? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. I'm no longer ashamed of it. So, what's the next step? The next step is, uh, one evening, uh, in my fellowship in Switzerland, we were asked to go on the streets. So, we were on the streets. And I saw this guy on a wheelchair. I ran. I said, let's go. I called my, 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 my friends who speak the German, no, German language very well. Let's go. So I approached the guy. 
So the guy said, oh, I'm going home. I'm going to. I said, don't worry. We'll follow you. So we went to his van and we started praying for him there. I said, Lord, heal this man in Jesus' name that he may know that Jesus is Lord. The guy gave us attention and we prayed for him. We felt the power of God, but the guy didn't rise up from his seat. Maybe later on he did. But that day I realized, yes, indeed, this scripture is alive in me. If it's alive in me, it's alive in you and I, honestly. In um, the book of um, Luke chapter chapter. Nine, Jesus commissioned his 12 apostles, isn't it? And he said, look, I've given you what? Power to what? To heal uh, the sick. Power over, uh, um, over deep, to cast out demons. Matthew puts it very well for us. In Matthew chapter, chapter 10, verse 8, it says what? It says, uh, behold, I give you what? Um, no, no, it says you should uh, uh, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, heal the sick, and... Um, and uh, is he, uh, Raise the dead, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, and um, cast out demons. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, no. Yeah, thank you. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So today, you've been wondering, why is my soul winning thing not effective? Why is there no desire? The first thing we need to do is identify, Lord, I have not taken your instruction on board. Why? Jesus said to us in John chapter 20, verse 1, he says, As the Father sent me, I have sent you to do what? What I did. Remember a while ago I said we're ambassadors of Christ, isn't it? And as ambassadors, you are empowered to represent your government, isn't it? We come from heaven, folks. We are heaven's representative of what Jesus would do when he was on earth. So he has equipped us with his power. To do exactly what he did. So we now need to step forward. Oh, suppose I go there and nothing happens. Something will happen. Go back again. Oh, yes. Now, I, I shared the gospel. They didn't get saved that day. Oh, no problem. You have deposited the word of God as a seed in their hearts. That word will come back to them one day. Remember that young lady that shared the gospel with you? How where he said to me, Romans chapter, chapter 10, verse 9, if you believe in your heart and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, wow, and that Jesus doesn't refuse anybody that calls to him. Maybe I should try it. Before you know it, they will message you on Facebook or wherever. You know that stuff you said to me? Can you say that again? That's the time they really want to open their heart to Jesus. And we should be open to them. When they come, just welcome them to the family. You're a child of God. He's been waiting for you. And share the gospel with them because people need the gospel. Because, you see, the gospel is truth. And where there's absence of truth, life seems to have its way. But when light, when truth comes, what? Darkness and lies will disappear, will dissipate. Why? Because they suddenly realize I'm a child of God. I'm not supposed to be mocking myself in sin, thinking I'm feeling good. It's my right. No. You see, the Bible tells us we can't continue in sin and expect the grace of God to just abound, 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 and continue sin. No. Now, um, Jesus addressed so many issues. He addressed so many issues. And one of the issues that he addressed uh, is, uh, yeah, one of the issues he addressed is that when people come to Jesus, Jesus welcomes them, but he does not endorse the sin they do. He doesn't endorse the sins they do, right? Um, if a, 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 one of the examples that I'm not going to go too much into it is uh, the Bible tells us in John chapter 8 was a story about a woman, who, the, the Pharisees say, who was caught in adultery. Where were they when they caught the lady? We don't know. <laughs> anyway, But Jesus didn't condemn the woman. the woman. Jesus said, look, did I condemn you? Those who condemned you, they wanted to throw the first away. Where are they? When they realized they themselves... <laughs> It's by the message of God they stand. They withdrew. They left the stone and just go and sin no more. So the same truth still applies to everyone today. That you need to be saved in order to get to the kingdom of God. There are no two ways about that. There are no two ways about it. Jesus loves us so much. God loves us so much that he doesn't want people to perish. Hell is not meant for his children. It's meant for demons and his cohorts. It's not meant for us. And therefore, every ounce of energy in our lives, we're going to use to what? To proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he's ready to save souls, but he's counting on you and I because we are his true representatives. Angels would not naturally preach the gospel. But I say that cautiously because God is sovereign. He may decide one day to send an angel, blah, blah, blah. But from scriptures, angels don't. But angels do assist us like they did with um, um, Philip. Angels do assist and say, look, your route is not circular. Today, don't go not circular. I want you to go to Woolwich. 
It doesn't make sense, but it makes God because God has prepared a soul for you to minister to. So this morning, I want to share with us that you may be wondering, how do I wrap all this together? What do I draw from this? Jesus is expecting us to take this gospel and share to people who are dying in their heart, going through a manner of emotional issues, go through of anxieties and worries. Jesus is expecting us to comfort them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because in there we'll find life. In there we'll find truths that saves and transforms the hearts of people. So, Father, this morning, I just declare over your saints in Jesus' name that the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that you, that you release upon the apostles. Father, this morning, in Jesus' name, I ask a fresh impartation of your power upon every saint in this house in the name of Jesus. Father, we are no longer ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for we know is the power of God unto salvation. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, we invite you. You are the one that gives us every clue that we need to share the gospel. We invite you, Holy Ghost, let your power and presence flow through us and in us in the name of Jesus. Father, let your power, Lord, like you did in days of Smith Wigglesworth, Rakabate, when he was in coaches, Father God, people go on their knees crying and repenting because they are convicted by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we crave for this in the name of Jesus. We crave for this. Let it come upon us afresh this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, our hands are yours. Turn into extension of Jesus' hand that as we shake our managers, our bosses, Father God, they will feel the impact uh, of Jesus. They will feel the impact that indeed they are sinners that need to be saved in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Feel us afresh this morning. Afresh, Lord. Afresh unto overflow. Lord, uh, we refuse, Lord, not to obey you anymore, but rather we will obey anytime you prompt us to share the gospel. Lord, we will obey in the name of because we know you take pleasure, you delight in the salvation of a soul. The whole angels in heaven, angels in heaven, they rise up and they rejoice just over one soul. Thank you, Father, for fresh impartation this morning. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to see. Father, thank you, Lord, for giving us words of wisdom, words of knowledge, our expression of your power, Father God, in order to win the lost back to you in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, thank you uh, for making Pina, our local church here, Father God. God, a center where people come, they not just feel God's presence, but Lord, they are, they are affected by your power in the name of Jesus. Your power will do something in their hearts, in their bodies, in their circumstances, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost, we invite you once again. Move over this church. Move over this church. No more sitting on the fence. No more being cold. But we are hot in the name of Jesus. We are hot in the name of Jesus. We are boldly declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. This company shall be safe, Father, because we are here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, the examples you've expressed in my life, Lord, do much more for all of us in Jesus' name. That through the power of your testimony, Father God, people's lives will be changed. People who are yet to know you will know you and be connected to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, thank you, Timmy, so much. What an incredible message. And um, I just want to encourage you that even this week... Um, Myself and Dan have been at a, uh, a leaders gathering for um, Catch the Fire in England. And one of the preachers that they were talking on was about that there is a current season and time where, where there is a, a desperate need to get to the, the 8 to 25-year-olds. Because the 8 to 25-year-olds are the, the generation that is going to be the face of things to come. They're the generation that are going to reach the loss. They're the generation that are going to gather in and gather in and gather in through the, through the new ways and the new things that are going on and so right now we you know we've, we've been partnering with that with the youth starting today and I feel that there is really something on this you know the fact that we've we've got the youth starting today we've had it spoken about um this week at the leaders gathering and Timmy's been on it and so I just want to invite anyone who is not to 25 up to the front and we would love to just pray for you if that's okay this is going to show ages I'm really sorry for that <laughs> Oh, come on, come on. And so, yeah, Timmy Falake, um, Tanya, uh, if you want to come up, if you're able to, I don't know if you are. Um, 
And so, yeah, we're just going to, why don't you guys just reach out your hands uh, to them right now. Yeah, God, right now, oh, come on, there's Naomi as well. Yeah, Lord, we just lift up your voice. We lift up this group of people. We lift up this next generation, God. We thank you for them. We thank you that they are the ones who are gonna be running the race, that they're the ones that are gonna be overtaking us. They're the ones that don't come with any shame, that they just step in with the authority of the gospel, that they run with authenticity, with truth and with hunger. And so, Lord, right now, we just ask that you would fill them afresh today, oh God, that you would fill them, God, that you would fill their spirit fill their bellies with the hunger and the fire for preaching the gospel, for seeing this this world saved, this world come to know you, to come to restore in you, to see revival in our land, oh God, that we lift them up and we say, Lord, have your way, have your way. And that, Lord, we say, where we have been in the way, God, that we will step to the side to let them run with everything that they have, God. We champion you, we lift you up and we say that this is the voice, these are the voices that God has been putting inside of you, the voices that are gonna lead the generations, the voices that are gonna be even speaking to the younger ones, the eight-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, the 15-year-olds, God. And so, Lord, we thank you that there is a fire being birthed within them right now, even the youth that are up in something's brewing, God, and the kids' ministry that is in the back, God, that you just put a burning desperation within them, a conviction of the gospel, an intimacy with Christ, God, that they will run, 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 and that they will take the generation with them for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, I just bless this generation to be the ones that do not compromise, that they will be the ones that would set other hearts on fire. Father, that as you burn their hearts and as you mark them, as you mark them, and even though the people watching online, that you will be marked, that you will be seared by everything, uh, that the world would not take an effect on you, but you will affect the world, that every single time that you will be the ones challenging, challenging the status quo. So in the name of Jesus, I just pray radicality over each and every single one of you and I just pray the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord and holiness this this hunger of the fear of the Lord coming upon each and every one of you I just pray transformation and I just pray that you will be the ones who challenge the status quo with the truth of the kingdom that you will not compromise that you will not settle and as your hearts are set on fire that you will be Bird, the burning ones that will provoke that same thing, that same thing. So, Father, I just pray that every single time that they speak, that the hearts of those who hear them, no matter what their age are, that they will be set on fire. And I just declare a purity over your voices, a purity over your voices. And just clean ears to hear the voice of the Father and just truthful mouths to speak with authority. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, we're, yeah, yes, what a great service. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I love it. Jesus comes in so many forms. Uh, amazing. And so, thank you, Timmy. Thank you, everybody. Um, just take away the gold, the word, the scripture. Let it be alive in you. Let it challenge you. Let it burn in you. Let it excite you um, for, for the revival that is coming to this land. The hundred billion soul is what has been proclaimed over the world. And so, Lord, we want our harvest as part of that. And we claim our harvest as part of that. This nation will see revival of souls and people turn to you. Our nation will be one under the one true living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh,